Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up and prepare for an exhilarating ride as we introduce the high-octane, unstoppable force that is Matt, Matt Antonucci, General Manager for Brennan Industries. From revving up custom cars to soaring through the aerospace industry, Matt's journey is nothing short of extraordinary. This speed demon story began in the fast lane, selling and installing for various custom car shops in the greater Cleveland area. Little did he know that his passion for high-performance machines would pave the way for his meteoric rise in the corporate world. With the customer's invitation to join a small, family-owned aerospace shim and gasket company, Matt shifted gears and his career took flight. He climbed the ranks with lightning speed, first as an inside sales rep, then as a sales manager, and ultimately as assistant general manager. But Matt's journey didn't stop there. In 2017, a LinkedIn message from the director of HR at Brennan Industries ignited a new challenge for Matt, launching him into the stratosphere of the aerospace manufacturing industry. As the operations manager at Brennan Industries, Matt played a pivotal role in revving up the efficiency of their newly accredited aerospace manufacturing plant. And just like a rocket, Matt's trajectory continued upwards, ultimately landed him at the coveted position of general manager of the USA Brennan Manufacturing Group. Today, Matt oversees a team of 60 dedicated professionals, sharing his enthusiasm for state-of-the-art machinery and fostering a high-octane culture within the shop. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a roaring round of applause for the one and only Matt Antonucci, a true trailblazer in the world of manufacturing. Hey, hey, Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on today. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, pleasure is absolutely all mine. So Matt, before we jump into talking about the culture of Brennan and, and your cultural journey there, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about Brennan. Uh, Brennan as a whole and then Brennan uh, Manufacturing Group. Uh, share a little bit about the, the, the company. Sure. So Brennan's a global company. Basically do um, distribution of fluid fittings. Okay. We've got distribution centers across Canada, uh, across the USA, uh, UK, and China. And oh, then wow. we've got partner companies we distribute with as well. Okay, fantastic. And and how did the, the manufacturing group come about? So 20, oh gosh, 22, 23 years ago now. <laughs> oh, wow. Brennan, Brennan bought uh, two different manufacturing services locally to us in Cleveland. It was AD machine and PHC machining. The AD machine is a screw, screw shops, essentially. They did... Uh, Browning Sharps and Acme work. Okay. And PHC was completely CNC jobs. So they bought both companies, built the building I'm in now, and put both companies in one building. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. How many people uh, are in uh, Brennan overall? And, and the 60, is that 60 dedicated to the manufacturing group? Yeah. That's just my local manufacturing group in Cleveland. Okay. Um, we've got I'm up in Canada right now, helping them out, getting their new machines up and running. Wonderful. Um, and then we've got uh, manufacturing UK as well. Uh, but for me in the USA, our manufacturing service is 60 people right now. Okay. Okay. So Matt, let, let's shift the, the conversation into why we're all here to talk about yeah. the culture in the, in the world of manufacturing. You joined Brennan in 2017. 
Tell yes. us about the culture at Brennan when you joined uh, in that operations manager role. Sure. It was interesting because I first started, I shadowed everybody on the floor, talked to everybody, and I got side-eyed from everybody on the shop floor. Like, what are you doing out here? Why are you coming on the shop floor? I'm like, what are you talking about? Just chat with everybody, see, see what's going on. They're like, what? <laughs> like they're they're shocked I was on the shop on the shop floor as much as I was. Like, that's interesting. You know, a couple weeks later, I started going more and more on the shop floor, and they started coming around to me. I'm like, so guys, why are you surprised me on the shop floor so often? He's like, mm. no manager ever comes on the shop floor for us. Uh, if they do, just to get a part up and running, and they go back, the they go back in the office. And mind you, there was one, there was really one person that ran the whole building at the time, and he did a lot of quotes and stuff like that. So you have time to go on the shop floor as well. Sure. So he, so it, I get why they're not used to uh, a manager being on the shop floor, but um, still shocked me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So I started there. I started going on the shop floor more and more each day. Started, you know, working on the machines, going on the machine level, um, different parts of people, just chit chatting with them every day. Do I do a round each morning, and then once an hour I go on the shop floor and just do a round again. Say, hey, how's everything running? Machine running good. Um, and they started, started come around a little bit, little by little. Yeah. <laughs> say. Okay. So where, how has that culture evolved over time? Uh, where, where's the culture now, uh, with you in this, this G, uh, GM role? Sure. So now I've got more people underneath me that help me out. Um, versus when I first started, there was like only one general manager basically did everything. Uh, he had, he had a couple shop foremans that helped him out They're They're shop floor level though. Mm -hmm. So um, he was a one's whole source for everything, for purchasing, for um, for quoting. So he had a busy job. So I don't, I don't blame him at all for not being on the shop floor. Let me say that right now. So <laughs> no fault of his own, but he is a busy man. Uh, but now I've got an operations manager underneath me and I've got a couple different associates that work with me in the office. So it gives me more time to go on the shop floor as well as my operations manager underneath me to go on the shop floor as well and day to day work with people on the shop. Very cool. Very cool. And, and uh, Matt, where do you want to get the culture to uh, as leader of this organization? Where? What's your ultimate goal with the culture there? I like to keep growing it the way I'm growing it now. Uh, I like, like to have an open door policy. I have an open door policy as it is right now. I like to enforce it a little more than I do okay. because people, people, not many people come up and talk to me that need to come up and talk to me. I should say that. Um, that want to come up and talk to me, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary to come up and manager say, I'm going to talk to you. So I right. get that too. But <laughs> I like to, I like to make the, make, I like to force the open door policy, not force it, but I like to encourage your open door policy mm -hmm. a little more than I am right now. Um, so people come and talk to me more and more. Um, it's starting to happen, but not as much as I want to have happen. Yeah. I, I get that. It, I mean, in your history, what what's the what's the benefit to that open door policy? I mean, is there something specific culturally that you see more when when you have an open door policy versus yeah. walking around? Or, or tell, talk to us a little bit more about well, that. They go, they go, they go, they go together. Walking around, talking to everybody, and the open door policy. They go together because as you walk around the shop floor, saying good morning, everybody, how's it running? Um, you know, just talking to him about the parts are running and then they're like, okay, he's approaches me every day. I can go approach him now. Um, they come up to my office and say, Hey, I got an idea to make the job run a little better. Yeah. Or, hey, I got this idea to different work holding on this job. What do you think about this? 
and that's great that they do that now but I like to have it more and more than I, they have it right now sure so that's that's what i'm trying to get that's what i'm trying to accomplish here at least so um you know a lot of people come up to me with suggestions or concerns or opinions about what's going on on the shop floor level mm-hmm. um you know hey you know i see this happening or hey i see this happening or hey i don't like what's happening over here or i see this guy doing this i like to I like to actually have people come up to me and talk to me about that stuff Got it. So you you like the innovation that comes from those kinds of uh, conversations? Absolutely. And, and what about? Uh, I mean, open door policy uh, can be a good and a bad thing um, because sometimes uh, a leaders get their time dominated with open door <laughs> policies, right? Um, but also, I, I think that it it fosters a. a a part of culture that allows people to feel like they can communicate bad news up the line. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. Um, but I'd rather have, I'd rather have any news and no news. Does that sure. makes sense. Yep, absolutely. I get that. Um, so these open lines of communication that I'm hearing mm-hmm. you talk about. Um, ex- expand on you know how those ensure a healthy and quite frankly collaborative work environment for you guys so by by doing my rounds on the floor each day multiple times a day um i'm engaged with them they're engaged with me as well so i'm going going to specific machines have tough jobs running hey how's it running right now what'd you go through this what's cycle time at right now um they give conversation back and forth with that with the employees on the shop floor level at least and they tell me what's going on they're truthfully with me with the truth Sorry, they're truthful. Oh God, I was trying to say. <laughs> trying to <stop> right <laughs> they're 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 very responsive to me about what's going on, yeah. and they they're not lying to me. Yeah. They they say, "Hey, here's what's going on. Good, bad, or indifferent." Yeah. So you know, this is where it's at. I had a, a slow job actually down to get a better part off the machine. So okay, can we speed it up though? Now, get a different way though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to push them a little bit here or there. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about um, employee growth and development. Uh, mm-hmm. How important has it been for you uh, to invest in employees' growth personally and professionally uh, and development within Brennan? Uh, and and how do you prioritize that? You know, the growth aspect uh, against getting the job done well that's that's a good that's a good question for me actually because i like to have like our cnc operators i don't want just operators like i like to have everybody set up jobs they can okay. so we don't we don't have levels of operators like operator one operator two setup guy one setup guy two sure if you can set up a job you're set up the jobs okay uh, we try i like to train everybody to at least try a setup if they can't handle it that's fine they can just operate the machines mm-hmm. but i like to have everybody be able to set up each job in cnc if they can Mm-hmm. which is now growth for them financially and professionally. Got it. And I, I like, like to, it. I could grow everybody in the company as well. Cause we actually have, Oh gosh, I think here I've got three, four people that are CNC operators right now that start in shipping department, just capping, capping, packaging up parts. And two of them are actually set up people now for us. And one of them trained to be a set up person as well. So I like okay. everybody in the company, if it's possible to grow within the company as well. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Are there any specific 
courses uh, that that you typically use to to foster that sense of growth? Not really any courses, but I like to I like to challenge people. Yep. And you know, if I see somebody doing really good at their current job, I pull my office or talk them on the shop floor level and say, "Hey, what do you want to do here? What what's your goals here? You just want to stay here in cat parts? You want to do something different? Um, you know, I see you doing the job really well. Anything else you want to do here?" Yeah, and they say, "Yeah, I like to I like to run a CNC job. Okay, let's go CNC. Let's go CNC side and see if you can run a CNC job. Mm-hmm. I like to be a machinist. I like to do this. I like to do that. Let's give it a shot then. If they they can't do it, that's fine. Go back to your current position then. But at least you tried it. Right. And, and how how do you? I mean, outside of just simply asking them, which is a great tactic in identifying you know mm-hmm. growth and development right. opportunities." Uh, are there other ways that that you, uh, any other tools, any other ways that you evaluate uh, the need for training within the organization? What do you mean by need for training? Define so, training. Uh, great question. So, uh, <laughs> everybody, you know, within an organization, yes, and I'm hearing you say, uh, I like to get them trained uh, all to. X level or, or have them all be able to at least try to set up, mm-hmm. but some people will need additional development or training yes. than others. Uh, is there a way that you're able to identify what they need as development outside of just asking them? Yeah, we monitor them when they're doing their jobs. We have certain people on the shop floor level that like the shop foreman supervisors, they can watch them while they're working on the machines and see how much training they need. And train them themselves. Okay, great. And what about any data driven? Uh, are you guys using any machine monitoring type devices, or, or do you use uh, your ERP to look at, at data on, you know, who has better cycle times than others, yes. or spindle utilization, or whatever? Yeah, we look at cycle times, piece per hour right now. Um, they log into their jobs each day. They get the production off the jobs, they sign back in the job, put their quantities in. So I, I can take a look at the pieces they made by the time they made it, the downtime as well. And I see who does better than the other person and by percentages as well. Okay. And then by that, if you're like, ooh, okay, 90% productivity rate, it's good. Or 80% productivity rate, it's great. It's good, but not great. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what do you need, what do you need help with? Got uh, it. What, can, what can push you a little farther? I yeah. see a guy with 50% productivity rate. Ooh, what happened here, guys? <laughs> and then they called me, well, I had an issue. Okay, did you get help for your issue? Just try to solve it yourself. Well, I try to solve it myself. Okay. Got Here's it. what you have to do next time around. If you have an issue, go get your supervisor. They'll help you solve the issue then. Yeah. So you're not, you're not down production all day long. Got it. So talk to us a, a little bit about your, your staff, the employees that you have there. What's – what I mean – Part of our industry in, uh, issue is certain generations are starting to age out of the the workforce, and and a lack of younger generations coming in. What's your workforce look like? Is it uh, predominantly uh, baby boomer generation, predominantly X or Z, uh, millennials? What's your your workforce look like? A little bit of both, actually. It's starting to change though to more like millennial and um, an X style. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We started off with a bunch of baby boomers and now it's slowly (laughs) progressing to younger, younger people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely changed since I started there. That's for sure. 
we're, we're talking about your your employees and generations. Uh, is there a very diverse uh, employee in, in the, those sixty? Is the makeup your of your employees fairly diverse? Um, do you have many women, uh, people of color, working on your staff there, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, tell us about. Tell me how you foster a sense of uh, inclusivity with the the diverse uh, employee population that you have there. Okay. So remember I told you earlier on, we have a bunch of shipping people that started off of shipping. And now they're running CNCs. Yep. They're all women, by the way. That's <laughs> awesome. And one of them is a, a true and true setup person right now. She can set up any machine she wants to, light, like lights out. <laughs> really? Pulls her eyes, set it up within two hours. Uh, she's amazing. And uh, another one, she's a great operator. She does she does offsets machines, she changes her tools off. She does great productivity each day. And another one, starting to train her as a setup person right now. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So you're you're developing them as part of this sense of belonging uh, within the organization. So that's that's got to keep them there for the long term, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And are these younger women? Are they, you know, in Gen X or or baby boomers? What what kind of generation are we looking um, at there? They're like late twenties to early fifties. Okay, so a, a wide variety. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So you've got some of them for for longer than others, I guess. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so let's go back to that. Uh, collaboration, that open door policy. Um, yeah. How how do you encourage with that open door policy? How do you encourage uh, innovation and problem solving? Um, not only with that open door policy, but with a wide uh, array of people generationally uh, and diversity wise. Well, Glad you brought that up, actually, because I try to encourage them if they have any problems, come up and talk to me about it, especially for whatever, personal or professionally. If they're a machine issue, come up and talk to me about the machine issue. We'll go out and solve it with you guys. We get everybody on the shop floor together to help solve the issues. The programmer, shop foreman, the operator, setup person, and me. And we talk about it together. What do you need help with? Was it programmed correctly? Is it on the correct machine or correct tooling provided to you? Or what? what's the issue with the job right now? Mm-hmm. And between all of us, we collaborate on it and find a solution for it. Got it. I like it. I like it. Uh, I, I had one person tell me uh, on the sh- on the show once that he likes to, instead of reprimanding the person when mm-hmm. something goes wrong, he focuses on the process, right? Absolutely. Yep. Uh, and and so it sounds like you're you're kind of living that mindset yourself. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. I have an example of that too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go for it. So not too long ago, we had a brass forging job. It was a male pipe to female pipe. It was a it was a ninety degree um, ninety degree part. Mm-hmm. And when they were into burning the, the body of the the uh, forging, they kept hitting the the, the male threads. They didn't, they didn't realize I'm hitting the mail threads as well. Um, so when it came to final inspection, my final inspector came up to me and said, Hey, got these parts. The threads are completely, they're ground down essentially. I'm like what? <laughs> uh, uh, give me a part. Let me take a look at them. Sure enough. Mail pipe threads, completely ground down three or four spots. Each, each part. Like, oh my darn God. It. All right. Let's go take a look at the process. See what happened. Let's see what, how it actually happened. So 
we have tags in all our jobs. So each each operation of each job, everybody initials a tag on the parts themselves, and each tray of parts should say. So, yep. so let's look at the, let's look at the initials. Look at the initials. Say, okay, let's go get him. See what happened there. So brought up the office. Say, hey, operator X. I can write names out here, but uh, operator X, what happened here? He goes, oh, I completely missed that. I wasn't paying attention. I was grinding, the, just trying to grind the outside of it. I completely, it's my my bad. Okay, no no issues. Okay, but you get written up now. So we got a bunch of bad parts with remake now. So mm-hmm. you get write up regardless. Like, That's fine. I, I admit it to my my fault. No worries. So okay, let's change the process then. So if you use a grinding wheel, he's a file to, to file to do that instead of so you're not not near the threads often. He goes, yeah, it'll work. So change the process now. So on a grinding wheel, you use a file then. That works perfectly fine for me. So we came to the conclusion that's how we does we solve the problem and the process as well. And we still nobody was at fault, like you like you were telling me before. Yeah. But you did get written up regardless because we had a bunch of bad parts. All right. <laughs> Somebody's got to be accountable, right? Even a, you gotta Absolutely. you gotta have that level of accountability. Absolutely. I mean, that's sometimes awesome. sometimes my fault as well. You yeah. know, like um, the wrong dimension on a, on a router, wrong dimension on print. So that's my my fault. I, I admit it too. Right. You know, everybody everybody has issues as long as they want to admit it. Right. Um, I don't. I don't mind if there's an issue on the shop floor level, as long as you admit to it. Don't lie to me. Say, "No, it's not my fault. I didn't do that." Eh, an issue then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's when the the big issues come up. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, talk, it, let's talk it through together, guys. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a pretty good example um, of you know your positive attitude towards culture. Uh, affecting the performance and morale of the team. Tell us more about uh, maybe another story that you have, how a positive company culture moment affected uh, performance and morale there in the shop. Sure. So recently, well, actually, what is it, about two years ago, I promoted uh, one of my CNC setup guys to shop foreman. And okay. um, he does a great job. He came up with me a bunch of bunch of suggestions, I should say. He's like, hey, you know, my last company, every Friday they bought us donuts. People love donuts. Perfect. People do love donuts. I love so now, donuts. I know, right? Everybody loves donuts. <laughs> I just like donuts. <laughs> so now every Friday, I stop by a local donut shop, pick up four dozen donuts, bring them to work. Okay. Very and cool. As soon as I walk in the door, people hound me for them. From right in the break room, start filing the break room, get donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Are they it, from Brew Nuts by any chance? No, 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 not th- not that's th- too far away for me to get those. Okay, because that's nuts, actually that's one of my favorite donut spots in all of America. I yes, mean, I love them. And Brew Nuts, if you by any chance are listening, I do accept sponsorship, so uh, you I. can you can sponsor the show um, <laughs> just by sending me donuts. Um, so the the donuts were a big hit, and so did yep. you see performance improve? Morale improved. Just morale improved for sure. I don't, I don't know about performance, but the morale definitely improved. Which the morale then en- engaged more performance-based stuff too. Absolutely. So once the morale goes up, production goes up as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then he, and a couple of weeks later, he's like, "Hey, you know, what about once a month birthday cupcakes?" I'm like, "You know, that's a damn good idea." <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it by myself. I can't come up with all the solutions for myself. So I'm glad people come up, ask, give me solutions with this type of stuff. Yeah. So now once a month, we get a couple dozen cupcakes for shop floor. I put everybody's birthdays on there for that month. Nice. And happy birthday to everybody. Nice. That's yeah. great. That's a just simple solutions like that. Like yeah. really gets people involved. Like, oh hey, thanks guys. Appreciate that. A little bit of recognition goes a long exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the 
summer of 2021, I actually went out and bought a grill. And now once or twice a year, I pull the grill outside, usually 4th of July or Memorial Day that that week before there. Sure. Um, usually I get everybody out there, do a cookout, burgers, dogs, pasta salad, potato salad, chips, everything from a pop, water, and basically have a barbecue. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The more that you can foster that sense of community uh mm -hmm. the better off you're going to be that's awesome yeah. um so let's let's talk about some of your challenges matt um what are what challenges have you faced uh shaping the company culture uh specifically for your team and how did you then uh address those challenges uh to to pivot it into something positive Good question. Um, <laughs> well, right now it's so so hard to find really good CNC operators. Anybody wants to even learn how to make a CNC job? Yeah, uh, it, it's really hard to find applicable candidates to come in and work for us. Yeah. So more people are working longer hours right now, which yeah. I hate to say it. It's good and bad. So you know they get more overtime, but they're grinding the grindstone a little too long sometimes. Yeah, uh, it's so, hard to balance. Exactly. Personal so and up, professional life doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we were working, oh gosh, for a while there, we were working almost 60 hours a week in two shifts. Wow. And just to get jobs off the, out the door. Um, and beginning of no, last summer, we changed the schedule to, um, for first shift, they do four tens. And then Friday, it, they get six to noon. They leave at noon then. Yep. And then second shift, they do four tens. And then uh, they do noon to six on Friday. So even second shift has a full weekend. They get out that, at six in the afternoon, go have dinner, a full weekend then. That's amazing. So, so that, that way they're not getting out at midnight, two o'clock in the morning, and then have to get and then have to go back to sleep. They don't wake up till noon Saturday at best. Yeah. Uh, I like to have everybody have a good life culture as well outside of outside of our facility. Yeah. If possible. That's great. Yeah. Um so Matt, uh, you know, the, really the culmination of, of what we talk about on the podcast here are, are three initiatives because people, uh, our listeners, um, really love to hear the initiatives that their peers are bringing to the table. So what are three initiatives or things that you've implemented at Brennan to, to improve the, the culture, uh, in your time there like i was saying before actually being on the shop floor level myself actually being on the shop and talking to everybody each day um open engagement with everybody yeah because i want them to, i want them to know i'm involved with their jobs as well mm -hmm. you know i'm a i'm a part of the the company as well as they are you know even though they're the ones making the parts i like to involve myself with them as well to say hey i'm here to help you guys you need help come and get me got it yeah absolutely um you know, I, I like to be more engaged with people than just sit in my office all day and say, yeah, leave me alone. You know, it's just doing my job. <laughs> so, you know, like, like a being podcast, the, the uh, intro you gave me, um, I started, I basically started ground level. Um, so I, I installed and sell car parts, essentially stereo stuff, okay. along, custom car shops along, all along Northeast Ohio. Okay. Yeah, we did, we did cars for athletes in Cleveland area and stuff like that. And even down to like just car stereo, car speakers installed, stuff like that. Sure. So, you know, nitty gritty type stuff, no big deal. And then when I, when I finally got a chance to be on the, 
corporate level with a sales job for an aerospace company. I was like, well, this is, this is good shit. Like, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I started, started ground level as a, you know, a sales rep for a shim and gasket company. And, you know, I don't have a college degree. I, I attended some college classes in my day, but that's about sure. it. So, you know, I, I'm from, I'm from a different, different breed, I should say. I should say a different breed, but a different personality wise. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm here to help you guys. I'm, I'm the same level as you guys. I'm not here to say I'm high, higher mighty than you guys are. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. I like it. I like it. All right. So what, what are, what are some other initiatives there? Well, we already talked about the donuts and cupcakes, which is yeah amazing. They love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Simple stuff like that. You know, just like getting them lunch every once in a while too, like a really good sales month. Um, give them, give them lunch that, that month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just simple stuff like that. It really goes a long way. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it really does for whatever reason. And like I said, keep actually being engaged with them. Engagement is number one priority for me. You have to be engaged with everybody on the shop floor. You yeah. have to, like, you have to, I, I can't, 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 I can't emphasize that enough. You have to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so Matt, are you measuring their engagement level? Um, when, when we talk about like employee engagement, have you measured that over time at all? Not directly. Okay. But I notice it. Yeah. So you know who's who's rowing uh, in the same direction as as the the organization wants to go, and who is metaphorically speaking ready to jump out the back of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see it. I see it day by day. Um, you know. Hopefully. Well, I'm saying hopefully, but I'm glad it's not too many people going the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You always have one or two of them that like that. Every every job you ever have, you have one or two of them that like I'm not I'm not working here for a long time, just treading water essentially. Yeah, and and then the other people, the other people are actually swimming hard for us. Yeah, some people just treading the water. How, how what do you do when you see? I, I mean, how do you address that that treading water mentality? The the people who are walking around the facility and are visibly psychologically absent, right? Just not even there, not not trying. Well, first, I like to make sure they're they're okay. Mm. So I, I walk up and say, "Everything okay? Seem to be off this last couple of weeks. Everything okay with you? Per, you know, personally, everything good?" And they say, "Yeah, I'm fine." I'm like, you sure? Just make sure. I see you're not, you know, not you're not, not engaged with everybody each day. Mm-hmm. And I, to, I start I start there first because you know some people say, "Yeah, you know, I'm really I have stuff going on at home." You know, I apologize. You know, I'm like, "Okay, okay, let's 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 go back to square one." You got yeah. some family issues outside of here. I appreciate you telling me that. Um, and talking about it a little bit here, there, and you know, more engaged with the personal life as well, not just professionally. Right. And then once we got on the same page, then I said, okay, I appreciate what you told me, but when you're here, can you please be here for me? I really got some family issues outside of here, but when you're here, can you be here for me? Yeah. And they say, yes, no issues. And then next day they're come in, got a smile on their face. I'm here to work. I'm here to work, Matt. Perfect. Thank you so much. Some people say everything okay with you outside of here. You see, uh, yeah, see, not not the full person used to be. Yeah, I'm fine. And get the, the, you get the like the the snide. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> kind of nod my head. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Got it. <laughs> and then I watch it for a couple of weeks. I'm like, okay. And at that point, I call my office. Say, okay, what's going on here? You're not like working here. What's what's the deal? Yeah. And yeah, nine times out of 10, I need more money. <laughs> okay. Let's not go there, guys. <laughs> um, so 
I was introduced to you, Matt, uh, by Angela, uh, yes. who's your your director of human resources there, um, and she she was very complimentary, right, uh, and said that uh, you had worked so hard to uh, be creative in filling uh, difficult to fill positions there. Talk to us about some of the the creative tactics you've taken to to fill those positions. Like I was saying earlier, I got shipping people run CNCs now. I mean, it's it's amazing, just simple stuff like that. Um, hard workers get better jobs. Sure. So you know you watch people doing the hard work and give them a promotions essentially to a better, better job. Got it. You, know, you want to make fifteen dollars an hour? You want to make twenty dollars an hour? You tell me. Yeah. Got it. And like, oh, I'll take twenty dollars an hour right now. Okay. <laughs> so actually a good a good one recently. Um, a guy came in from out of town, friend of a friend, friend of a, an employee that works for us. Okay. Like, he needs a job. He's, he's getting on his feet. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had scrap position available for him. So um came in, basically took the scrap from the machines, put put them in big tubs, back to the building. Simple job, back and forth all day long. Mm-hmm. Tow motor. And he excelled at it like right away. Like, wow, like Never seen anybody do that hard work that that good. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a sorry to say it's a shitty job. <laughs> it's a dirty <laughs> job. So it, it is. It is what it is. You know, you're getting oily oil filled shavings. You know, um, coolant filled shavings. Dumping in big bins. It's a dirty job. So he never bitched about it. One day he swept up the floors. Was done every day. I was. It was amazing. Did an amazing job. I said, okay. Well, he's not doing scrap. Let's try him in saws. Or okay. saws. He was night and day on the saws right away. I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. And like he, he picked onto it right away. So I'm like, okay, let's put an assembly department. <laughs> right right now he's an assembly department assembling parts for us. I'm like, which is a really hard, hard job to fill right now as well. Yeah. Because you have to be meticulous what you're doing with these parts. Got it. And he, he's he's excited at that too. Remind he's only been here less than a month. Wow. So this is it's you're finding people to fill lower level jobs and developing them into other harder, harder to fill jobs um, as part of their career pathing. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yep. Yep. That's awesome. And we definitely need more of that uh, in the industry to, to fill uh, these jobs. I mean, if people come with with greater qualifications, obviously I'm going to hire them in, but if you want to, you want to learn it, I'll teach you it. That's great. You know, Good for you. Yeah, I mean, if you want, if you if you want to excel at a job, no worries. We have people to teach you how to do that. No, no worries at all. Yeah, awesome. So, Matt, uh, what are some parting thoughts that you have for for the listeners uh, in regards to culture, um, in regards to Brennan, in regards to really anything that that you want to talk about? Hmm. <laughs> um, well. I like to emphasize be engaged with your employees every day. You know, okay. just just say hi to them in the morning. Yeah. Just say how's how's machine running? How's the job going? Yeah. Just say, just simple questions like that day by day with your employees is key to everything. You know, be more engaged with your employees is I can't can't emphasize it enough. Really can't. Yeah. Um, if you're engaged with them, they'll engage with you. Absolutely. Then, true. Then will grow the business as well as not just the culture. Because once the culture goes up, business production goes through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. 
Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Matt. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. Uh, we've soared through the skies with Matt Antonucci, uh, <laughs> exploring the ins and outs of uh, Brennan Manufacturing's group, Remarkable Cultural Journey. Um, Matt's journey himself from custom car shops to the aerospace industry has been uh, quite frankly inspirational. And it's evident that his passion and dedication have made a, a significant impact on the company. Uh, as we wrap up this episode, uh, we encourage you to check out manufacturingculturepodcast.com for more stories and insights into the world of manufacturing. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends, family, coworkers, even your boss, uh, and make sure to rate and review the show to help us continue bringing you exciting stories from the manufacturing industry. So to all of our listeners out there, have a good day and keep making things. Mm -hmm.